Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, I was thinking about all the apparitions in the last very short time, really, I would say in the last couple of hundred years of our Blessed Mother. And it's always good to go back and look at the core messages and try to determine um, the commonalities. And really, not a lot has changed <laughs> since, uh, I would say, Lourdes in 1858. So today I'm going to just go briefly into a few of these key appearances of Our Lady around the world. Some are very popular, others are not so known. Um, but each of them uh, gives us a message, and she's been calling us to conversion and has been warning us of consequences of not following her uh, suggestions or her, sometimes their commands. So let's start with Lourdes, and this is uh, a place in France where Our Lady appeared to Bernadette Subaru, who of course became Saint Bernadette, canonized saint, uh, and this is in 1858. She, Bernadette called her the mysterious lady, and she wore pure white. And her first appearance to Bernadette was on, uh, it was on a Thursday, February 11th. Bernadette happened to be 14 years old. And she had a total of 18 apparitions of Our Lady. So the message of Lourdes is just as uh, important to, to us today in 2022. So what was the message? The message of Lourdes is God's desire to meet us where we are. Uh, God is always with us, exactly where we are, right by our side. And he meets us in the dirtiness and the chaos of our life. A lot of people feel as though they have to uh, clean up their act or they have to get holy before they try to engage with God. It's quite the opposite. He wants to meet with you today in whatever you're going through, exactly the way you are today. He loves you so much that he will be with you today regardless. <clears throat> you could be a heroin addict. You could be a prostitute. He desires to embrace you today and to speak to your heart today. And he loves you so much that he won't leave you where you, he meets you. He will raise you up and bring you up higher. Uh, this, I believe, a quote from Revelation where he says, come up higher, friend. That's what God does. He meets you where you are and then he lifts you up. So uh, it just so happens where Bernadette was happened to be kind of a dirty, damp and cold place. Uh, where she, where Our Lady appeared to her. God is never uh, put off by what we're going through. He is immensely more wise, compassionate, and merciful than we are. We tend to superimpose our own emotions up onto God. D don't do that, because 
he's far greater than we are, and it, our limitations don't apply to him. So where did she meet uh, Bernadette? In a pig shelter. She met her in a pig shelter. And uh, we serve a God who wishes to relate to us as uh, the person who was created in his dignity and his likeness. And we see that some of this in the words that Mary spoke to Bernadette. She said, what I have to say to you does not have to be written down. She speaks to us at the level of the heart, the center of your core. And this is an invitation to open the depths of our hearts to God's continual message of love. Uh, now, Lords, there's been more than 7,000 miraculous healings attributed to the intercession of Our Lady of Lords since this apparition of 1858. So that's quite impressive, 7,000 miraculous healings. And of course, the water, that's uh, the spring that rose up when Bernadette dug in the dirt, uh, still flows today, and it's miraculous water. Our Lady said to uh, Bernadette, this water is miraculous. So uh, what does miraculous mean? A lot of people throw that word around. Oh, it's a miracle. Well, a miracle is actually the suspension of the laws of nature at the hand of God. A suspension of the laws of nature at the hand of God. So think about Jesus walking on water. Uh, the, the laws of nature would prohibit us from walking on water because of gravity and uh, weight and buoyancy. The, we would sink in the water because of our um, our mass of our body is greater than that of the water. So, but Jesus walked on the water. Uh, so when something goes uh, beyond the laws of nature at the at the will of God, we call that a miracle. The fact that you went to the ground round and they had your favorite onion rings the day you went is not a miracle. That's uh, a merely a coincidence. It has to be something that suspends the laws of nature, goes beyond the laws of nature. So um, one such example was a French nun in the year 2018 who went to Lourdes. Uh, she was suffering from spinal complications and left her wheelchair bound and disabled since 1980. So 18 years in a wheelchair. And she'd been taking morphine to control the pain. Her name is Sister Moreau. And when she visited the shrine, she said that she never asked for a miracle. After attending uh, a blessing for the sick at the shrine, something began to change in her. Quote, she said, I felt a surge of well-being through my body, a relaxation, a warmth. I returned to my room, and there a voice told me to take off your braces. The nun recalled, uh, surprised she could move. So, and you know, those miracles continue. It's a shame that during COVID, they shut down lords just like they shut down everything else. But, you know, in a time of pandemic, you would think the one miraculous waters that heal people would have remained open, but no such luck. Okay, let's move on now to Ireland, the beloved country of the Green Hills. Our Lady also appeared there in a little town called Knock, and this was in 1879. So this is 21 years after Lourdes. 
And it can best be explained in the context of a scriptural passage. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew. So it was uh, the evening of August 21st, 1879. Two women from the village of Nock were walking back to their home. It was raining, and they passed by the back of the village church, and it was there that they saw the apparition. Now, this apparition was in conjunction with a great famine and a terrible uh, misery that the Irish people were enduring at the time. It was not uncommon for the priest to offer the sacrament of the anointing of the sick to as many of uh, as maybe 40, 50 parishioners a day. And the Irish people were facing just an astronomical amount of deaths on a daily basis. So in order to offer spiritual comfort to his parishioners, the pastor of Knock had begun a series of 100 consecutive masses for the repose of the souls of everybody who had died in this parish. And on that particular evening of August 21st, when the 100th Mass was celebrated, so this is the final Mass of the 100 consecutive Masses, the apparition took place. So what happened? Our Lady, St. Joseph, and St. John the Evangelist appeared at the south part of the church. And it was very interesting. Mary said nothing during this apparition. Uh, these apparitions were meant to be a consolation to the people. So she came to knock to be with the people in their hour of need. It's very important we remember that this, she truly is a mother. And whenever kids are having a moment of crisis, the mother shows up, right? Regardless of what age the child is. Uh, and this is what she was doing to the pe poor people of knock. Now, for the people of Ireland, Mary comes to be with them to comfort them and to strengthen them in this time of trial. And this is something we can uh, say about ourselves in these days. Our Lady of Medjugorje comes not just to uh, inform us of how we need to convert and come back to her son, but also to comfort us in our trials. And she's well aware of them. She's well. She talks about them. Uh, often about the trials of this life, the evil in this world, uh, and uh, the difficulty that we're going to face in these days and times. And she comes from heaven to support us, uh, to extend her mercy and love towards us, and to intercede for us. So a beautiful message in Ireland. Uh so now let's move over to the country of uh, Portugal, also in Europe. And this happened in the town of Fatima. Uh, this, of course, began in 1917. Mary appears to three young children, Francesco, Jacinta, and Lucia. They were seven, nine, and ten years old. Now, in this apparition, Mary promised that God would grant peace to the entire world if her three requests were heard and obeyed. The first was to pray, prayer specifically to pray the rosary daily and for the Holy Father. Uh, the, she called him the bishop clothed in white. It, and it was here that Mary introduced herself as Our Lady of the Rosary. 
this message is just as valid today. We must be praying the rosary every single day and include the Holy Father in your prayers. Um, we don't often understand, you know, everything he's doing or or why he does things, but it doesn't matter. He's the Holy Father. Pray for him every day. The second request was for reparation. And this is when the children saw a very frightening vision of hell. Imagine a seven-year-old seeing hell. I think most grown men would cower in fear at the sight of it. Uh, Mary was requesting acts of penance and sacrifice from the children to save souls who were destined on a path uh, to perish in hell, that they could be turned around, they could have a conversion of heart and come back to her son, Jesus. And here we see the power of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the devotion that's required of us for the poor souls who are lost. And she's uh, also wanted to establish a devotion uh, to her Immaculate Heart. The third request at Fatima was consecration of Russia, in fact, uh, by name. Uh, she asked that Russia be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart so its errors and evils would not spread throughout the world. Now, I think there were six apparitions all taking place on the 13th of the month, May through October, and she promised a sign that would convince the world she had appeared. This was the miracle of the sun, and there were 80,000 people present at that apparition on October 13th where uh, they saw the sun spinning and shooting out colors and then hurling towards the earth and then going back up to its place in the sky. The apparition at Fatima promised uh, the world that the world would have peace and many souls would go to heaven if her requests were listened to and obeyed. At Fatima, we hear the anguished appeal of our Heavenly Mother. She sees the writing on the wall and she's trying to get us to change the course of direction. So you can see there's a thread of of the, the mercy of God coming to us through Our Lady in all these apparitions, but they all have something, uh, a slightly different focus point. Now let's look to Japan. This is very recent. This is in 1973. And it was in a town called Akita. And Our Lady appeared to a religious sister. Her name was Sister Agnes. And she was uh, part of the handmaids of the Eucharist. Uh, one day she had went to visit Jesus in the tabernacle. She was alone in the chapel with him. Uh, she could hear him in her heart. Sister Agnes was deaf. And she told Jesus all that was in her heart. She then remained silent while he spoke to her. And on, it was a Tuesday, June 26th of 1973, the Lord had a special plan for her life. He was about to bestow upon her a blessing, which would remain with her for the rest of her life. What happened? Well, Sister Agnes experienced this bright illumination of light from the tabernacle and then received the stigmata. What is the stigmata? The stigmata is the wounds of Christ, the hands, the wrists, and the feet, and sometimes in the side. Uh, and so she receives this gift from Jesus, and this was to prepare her for the greatest gift. But first, Sister Agnes was given three messages. 
pray for the reparation of sins, pray for the souls, and pray the rosary frequently. So on the last Sunday in May of 1982, during the benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, Sister Agnes was completely cured from her deafness. Now, at this particular place of Akita, what was Mary stressing? She's stressing the importance of praying the rosary, accepting from God whatever he may send in the course of each day, offer it up in reparation for so many sins committed throughout this world at this time. And Our Lady begged especially for prayers for bishops, priests, and religious communities uh, of sisters, brothers, and priests. And in particular for reparation before the Blessed Sacrament, that they be strong and not sifted like wheat. So what does this all mean to us? She also gave some pretty vivid pictures of the problems happening. Uh, Our Lady's purpose for coming to earth is always to guide each of us back to her son. And in all the messages, she speaks of peace and love peace and love. Why? Peace and love are the, it's the atmosphere of heaven, peace and love. She's trying to bring that to earth. Let's look at uh, one more apparition, which happened, uh, this is the most recent, uh, besides Medjugorje. Uh, This is in um, Rwanda, and this is the message to the people of Kibeho. Uh, And this had a lot of dialogue with the visionaries. So there were many apparitions and the time span from which these occurred was pretty long. Um, But most of the uh, important and um, what would you say, the, the meat and potatoes of the message were delivered in the first two years of the apparitions before the end of the year 1983. Uh, so here are some of the themes. I think there's about, I don't know, eight or nine of these themes in particular that she kept repeating to the, to these, uh, visionaries. So the first was an urgent appeal to the repentance and conversion of hearts. And two of the quotes she said were repent, 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 and convert while there is still time. People didn't know what that meant when she gave that message, but years later, when the genocide happened and the war between the two uh, tribing nations happened, and I think almost a million people were slaughtered, then they came to understand, convert while there's still time. Secondly, she asked, um, she gave an assessment of the moral state of the world. She said, the world conducts itself very badly. The world hastens to its ruin It will fall into the abyss. It is plunged into innumerable and unrelenting disasters. The world is rebellious against God. It commits too many sins. It has neither love nor peace. Ah, love nor peace. There's no love, there's no peace. The message uh, of what she's trying to bring down from heaven to earth. Then listen to this. If you do not repent and you do not convert your hearts, you will fall into the abyss. What is the abyss? The abyss is hell. She's talking about hell. She's trying to save her kids from going to hell. Uh, Can you imagine the frustration in a mother knowing her children are running 
towards the cliff that's going to throw them over into the abyss of hell. And next, she gives us uh, a deep sorrow. There's a deep sorrow in her message. Uh, on August 15th, the day of the Assumption, the anniversary of the Assumption in 1982, she was crying. The Mother of God was very saddened because people's unbelief and the lack of repentance. And she continued to complain about our bad way of life, which is characterized by the very slackness of customs, good customs, uh, the very presence of evil, and the continuing disobedience to God's commandments. She also said faith and unbelief will come unseen. That's an interesting quote because what is uh, that? I'm not even sure what I know what that means. Faith and unbelief will come unseen. These mysterious words were repeatedly spoken by Our Lady to Alphonsine at the beginning of the revelations. Uh, faith and unbelief will come unseen. Hmm. And then she talked about the suffering that saves. What is that? This is one of the most important topics of the revelations of Cabejo. Because suffering is unavoidable in this life, and it's actually necessary for Christians to attain eternal glory. We have to pick up our crosses every day and follow Jesus. So this was also in uh, 1982. She said to the visionaries, no one will reach heaven without suffering, or a child of Mary does not reject suffering. Something along that, that translation. Suffering is both a means of compensating for the sins of the world and participating in Jesus and Mary's sufferings for the salvation of the world. And then the visionaries were invited through this address to live very specifically, accepting suffering through faith and love, mortifying themselves and denying themselves pleasures for the conversion of the world. This rings very true to uh, Fatima. The Fatima children also uh, did tremendous mortifications for the salvation of souls that were heading to hell. Then she told them to pray always and with a single heart. That means your heart must be not divided. You must pray and pray always. She said, people are not praying. And those who do not pray, do not pray. And those who do pray, don't pray as they should. She's begging the visionaries and also us to pray in abundance for the whole world, to teach others how to pray, and to pray for those who do not pray for themselves. And she begs us to pray with greater zeal and with a pure heart. I would say that also is Medjugorje. That's a, Medjug that's a Medjugorje key point as well. She asked for uh, a devotion to the rosary. And... Uh, and they also the children also received revelations about the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows of the Virgin Mary. She loves the, the Chaplet of the Seven Sorrows and this tremendous power attached to this Chaplet of the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady's Heart. She said it was well known in the past, but it has been forgotten in recent years. She desires for it to be renewed and spread in the church. However, this prayer does not replace the Holy Rosary. So this would be something we would want to pray in addition to the rosary. 
She also asked for a chapel to be built for her as a sign of the remembrance of her revelations in Cabejo. Uh, and uh, finally, she says, pray always for the church. When many troubles are upon it in the times to come, uh, pray always for the church. Uh, and what did happen? Well, we know that, you know, that horrible war came. But she said, uh, these messages to Cabejo is not just for Rwanda. Uh, if the people do not heed Our Lady's messages, the troubles that happened in Rwanda will spread to the whole world. And what happened in Rwanda was horrifying. So we have to take Our Lady seriously. Think of all, she come, keeps coming and coming and coming and appearing. Now, if you tack on Medjugorje, 41 years of daily apparitions, it's unheard of, unprecedented. 41 years of daily apparitions and the, the, the monthly apparition for the world over the last four or five months seems to be getting more and more intense. There's an urgency and a warning, an urgency and a warning to uh, the whole world that it's going down the wrong path and evil is having a heyday. So if ever there was a time to pick up your rosary, it is now. And don't put it down until we see her immaculate heart triumph. It's been great to be with you. I'll be back tomorrow. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father Dan, signing out. <laughs>